So something really crazy happened this year in that uh, we saw what amounts to a real hoverboard working, and it was shown to us by, of course, a brand, uh, the brand being Lexus. They, they went really all out in teasing it by showing a promo, a little 30-second spot, where you saw this skateboard kind of hovering, and right before somebody hopped on that thing, they cut it. And uh, it was like a really effective piece of marketing. And so, of course, we and the rest of the internet went kind of nuts with it. Um, and not long after, I remember getting an email from a tipster in Spain that was saying, hey, guess what? I live right near where they're building this park, where they're filming this hoverboard commercial. Would you like to know more? And so we ran with that a little bit and sort of reported out some of this stuff about how it looked like they were building this thing. Maybe here's how it could be done. And a couple days later, I got a phone call, which is kind of rare because A, people don't make phone calls anymore. And B, uh, we have terrible cell reception in our office. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like late in the evening. I kind of had that feeling of, yeah, you know, this is a phone call I should pick up. And so I picked it up. And it was somebody from Lexus who had seen what we had written and basically saying, hey, listen, here's the deal. A lot more people learned about this thing than we thought. Uh, we want to get some people on the ground to actually see this thing and maybe get a ride on it. Do you want to come to Spain and ride a hoverboard? Which, I mean, if I you... Mean, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who says no to that? You start this year, you start any year, you don't think like, oh, what, what might I end up writing about this year? Or what might come across us? Um, the problem with this was, this was all right around 4th of July, which means... People have plans in place, travels hard, all this stuff. Um, but luckily, we were able to scramble to get uh, one of our video directors and uh, probably the most hyped person for a hoverboard at the time, Sam Shepard, to go to Spain and check this thing out. It's hard. It's not as easy as riding a skateboard where all four wheels and, are uh, on the ground. While it was certainly a brand activation and uh, a, a little soulless they really built the damn thing and it really worked and somehow here with just weeks to go right around the end of the year the hoverboard that we're talking about is not that hoverboard and it's a really popular possibly dangerous thing with wheels instead i love it we we've as humans created a form of the hoverboard uh, and we're not even like nobody's even talking about it anymore. We thoroughly about... realized a dream that seemed impossible to realize, and then immediately pushed it aside for something much less impressive. Some other piece of crap. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I'm your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant, and today I'm joined by my friend, Sean O'Kane, a reporter at The Verge. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just saw Star Wars. I'm as happy as I'm going to be. <laughs> oh, man. I I am right there with you. I'm not going to say anything else about it because yeah. <laughs> I know that if we even hint at spoiling yeah. something, a, yeah. thousand, a thousand devices were just thrown into the ocean yeah. uh, for people who don't have tickets. I, I, by the time this episode goes up, I hope... I hope most, most people have had the chance to see this film. Anyway. I hope so, too. It's just one of the most, uh, of the two unavoidable things this year. It's Star Wars, and it's what we're about to talk about. Yeah, because this is also uh, a thing of the future that is also, I guess, a thing of the past at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about 
the modern hoverboard. Um, what is what is this? <laughs> well, I mean, we have to go with this sort of populist notion now, uh, and the in the colloquial sense, a hoverboard now is a small, uh, two-footed, two-wheeled board that balances your weight and uses your weight and your sense of your balance to move you. So uh, essentially, and people will argue this, take a Segway, remove that hand grip of a Segway, miniaturize it a bit, and that's what we have. That's what we have come to call hoverboards uh, almost across the board sort of almost disagreeably, uh, some more so than others. Uh, So it doesn't hover. Yeah, right now, the thing that you, if you were to poll people on the street, uh, you know, show them a couple pictures, or maybe even just just ask them outright what a hoverboard is, what they're going to describe to you is this thing. And it's what's so weird about it is that it, the reason there's so much confusion is there's a lot of nebulous, and the origin of it is very nebulous. And there hasn't been one company that has really taken it and really owned the brand of this thing. And so it remains this sort of mysterious trendy item whereas you know everybody keeps talking about it as like it's going to be the biggest holiday seller you think of holiday sellers in the past you're talking about furbies or tamagotchis or uh, tickle me elmos or power rangers dolls or cabbage patch kids these are all things that like you know exactly where they come from and why they are popular whereas now this thing that we call a hoverboard doesn't even have the mystique of an act like what really is a hoverboard and it's just so fascinating how people know so little and yet are ready to throw down a couple hundred dollars sometimes even a thousand to go out and buy one okay we're we're stepping into the time machine (laughs) now we're closing the door it's very tight in here Uh, this is a really special moment for both of us uh as we we travel back um and we stop at a year that you will explain to me. Uh, and this is kind of the the year where the hoverboard uh, is is introduced to the public. The, the idea of the original hoverboard, a board mm-hmm. that hovers. where where are we in time? what is what is going on? So you are talking about 1989, the year my brother was born and the year that everybody was like, oh yeah, skateboards won't need wheels in the future. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, the idea of the original idea of uh, what we thought of a hover, as a hoverboard before this year came from Back to the Future 2, which was released that year. And that movie is known more than anything else, uh, more than its plot, more than more than anything it, for its calculations of what the future would look like, specifically the future in 2015. And uh, one of the biggest parts of that future was a hoverboard. Um, but it became this thing that people were fascinated with, you know. I mean, why do you think that is? Why? There was well, a ton of nifty stuff in Back to the Future. Why is the hoverboard that everybody is like, oh, man, that is it? Well, that's the thing that resonated most with the culture at the time, uh, I really think. You, you look at some of the other things that it was making guesses at. A lot of the other future tech that it was cre- that Robert Zemeckis was creating in that movie was he was taking stabs at, like, what it might look like um, Whereas, like, the hoverboard was, like, the only thing really tied to the culture, one of the few things only tied to the culture at the time, where, you know, you're talking about the, the late 80s, early 90s, 
skateboarding was a big part of that sort of 90s turtles there yeah tubing it yeah yeah well and yeah that's it showed up everywhere it was you know it started with just the literal act of skateboarding like people finally doing it for the first time uh in in the 80s and then doing it with flair uh, as they got better at it in the 90s, and then it was becoming this thing. It was iconic to Southern California, and so anything in pop culture that was dealing with Southern California had to put skateboarding in, and that's where it showed up in the Turtles, and it just became this thing. And so I think the hoverboard resonated so much with people because not only because of what it was, and because but also because of how it was styled with this. Marty's was pink with these like great, colorful flares on it. I mean, it looks just like something. It doesn't look like something out of 2015. It looks like something out of the mo- year it was made, 1989. It looks like Yikes pencils and Trapper <laughs> yes. Keepers and stuff. It's it's incredible. It's like this really iconic thing. Uh, and it's just a movie prop. Um, but I, I think that's why it resonated so much. It just really was the thing out of, you know, Sports Almanax or 3D Sharks uh, coming out of a movie marquee. Like none of that stuff they didn't really translate to things that existed in the culture at the time. Whereas that was like the thing, Oh, I have one of those in my garage, but it has but it wheels could be better. and it could be better. That looks way more fun. I just won't be able to go over water for some reason. Walk me through some of the other depictions of hoverboards, uh, over the years. I mean, if you want to look before that, there, there's been a lot of personal hovercraft. Um, you know, there Men have been obsessed with flying machines ever since, uh, even since before they were flown. I mean, you look back at some of like these crazy sketches done in the 1700s and stuff, and you can see these these great thinkers thinking up ideas for personal flying machines. Uh, and whether that just involved turbines on their back or below their feet with big, you know, big fans, all working off that same idea of pushing air down to lift you up. And then going forward, it was, I mean, no one had really thought of taking that personal aircraft or personal hovercraft and forgetting the tech for a moment and putting it into something that people actually ride every day like a skateboard so if you look backwards from back to the future there really isn't something like this and i think that's also why it resonated so much because it it was the first time where someone put those two things together and was like oh yeah people have worked on this tech even just as like a napkin sketch but now they're applying it to something that i actually use and you know going forward from that point it's it's often more like the sort of skateboard hoverboard. Okay, let's talk about the new, the modern hoverboard, the, the board that does not hover. Yeah. Why do you suppose it kind of co-opted this name that is really a misnomer, that doesn't quite describe what it is? Well, I think it starts with Segway. The Segway came out more than a decade ago. The Segway was this thing that, I, you know, Everybody secretly wanted to ride, even if they were deriding it in public. It looked like fun, and the idea of using your balance to move yourself, even if it wasn't going to get you going any faster than you walk, uh, it's it's something that you can really feel like you imagine. You can imagine it in your brain. You know how you're going to be able to move with it, and it you know it was just. It was ultimately too dorky looking to let people overcome the social stigma of actually wanting to try it. It was also too expensive. And so you flash forward from the Segway to now, and we have this boom in electric rideables, which is being born out of not just the, your standard advancement and miniaturization of tech, like making motors smaller and more powerful, powerful and things like that. But it's also battery technology is finally 
getting over a hill that's letting a lot of things happen that were never able to happen before. And so you're seeing people do really interesting things like apply electric motors to skateboards or come up with self-balancing unicycles. And so like this marriage of the miniaturization of gyroscopic technology, as well as the improvement of battery technology is coming together and has been coming together over the last couple of years in various forms. And so these all these rideables are starting to, these companies are trying to make these electric rideables and like feel out the market for like, okay, is there demand for an electric skateboard? How far does it have to go? How fast does it have to go for there to be demand for an electric skateboard? Uh, do people want something like a unicycle instead where, uh, or a one wheeled device where you sort of stand on the sides of it? And as all these companies are trying to figure this out, you know, someone realized that the technology has progressed. The battery technology has improved. Let's take another stab at what a Segway is, but like on a miniature version and really utilize that gyroscopic, te gyroscopic technology to let the user of this thing balance without needing to like rest hands on a handlebar or anything like that. And for whatever reason, that seems to have resonated. I think that that same innate, I can do that, feeling when you look at a Segway, that, that's the same feeling that people are getting when they're looking at these things and saying, oh man, like when the price is right, maybe I want to buy this thing. I mean, is that why it, it's called a hoverboard? I mean, is, is that because, like, is it a hoverboard because it can't be called a Segway and people aren't going to call it a sideways skateboard? <laughs> yeah. And so, so that's the, that's the thing is like Segway was able to capture enough of the market back then and and gain enough of a popular uh, or a public profile that you can't just call this thing that it's, it's not like Kleenex or anything. You can't get away with just calling it something like that because of you're you're just going to run into copyright claims and everything like that. And I mean that's a trademark thing. They're a company that still exists. Uh, and so it, with that in mind, it becomes much harder to describe this thing because it it really is a new device in a lot of ways. I mean these other rideables that are out there are very easily described in like two words: so like electric skateboard or uh, you know, three words, self-balancing unicycle. Uh, whereas this thing is sort of, you need, a, you need a lot of description to actually get across the point of what it is. It's like, it's got two wheels, it balances itself, and then you, you lose it. You're like, it's sort of a scooter, but it's not. It's sort of a skateboard, but it's not. Uh, and so I think it was just a really easy way for people to glom onto it by just calling it this thing that it isn't and you know we do that with language all the time where not only do we co-opt a word to and use it for something else but like if that happens enough over time we can wind up sticking with that definition what what is it like to ride one of these i have not done this yet uh partly because i'm terrified and partly because i just haven't come in contact <laughs> with one uh and don't have the urge to spend the money it i mean it your mileage varies depending on who you are and, and what you might want to use it for. It's it's a progression of that segue where you a lot of people have trouble up front trying to get it to work because it's you have to trust the technology that's inside these things, these gyroscopes that are you like moving these motors in real time to counteract the balance that you're uh, that you're doing up on top of the board. And, and so that, that's a hard thing for people to, to let go of. We have these like really base reactions built into our, our brain and how it moves our body around. 
And it's hard to, I mean, I remember battling this when I first started snowboarding where like you to snowboard well down a mountain, even just, just to go, not even doing tricks or anything, you have to like lean forward, even though your mind is telling all your muscles to lean back because it's, you're, you're frightened and to, to turn your mind is telling you, you should turn like you always turn, you know, move your right leg if you want to go this way, you know, move your body to the left and you can't do that. You have to do it the opposite way. And so it's the same thing here where like that first few minutes when you step on this thing, your mind is saying, whoa, this thing isn't stable. Counter correct. Like go, you know, quick before you fall, fix it. And you have to suspend that. And once you suspend that, the technology beneath your feet actually catches you and you, and then it, it, it's like a light switch. Uh, then you, you get it. Uh, and you can get into the more intricate movements where you can kind of pivot one foot to turn or pivot both feet to sort of spin in place. Um, and it's, that's why I think you see a lot of different reactions from people where some people love it immediately and tell people like, oh, you should definitely go seek this out and buy it and try it. And why some people have ridden it and been like, yeah, that was enough for me forever. <laughs> where, where, where do these come from? I mean, you mentioned that they, they're not like Tickle Me Elmo where, you know, you it, at the at the very least you know the brand, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. You, there's some general idea of even creatively where they come from. How how about these? Well, I mean, so the explosion of them has come from basically an entire city devoted to manufacturing in China called Shenzhen, which is notoriously focused around mass producing products, especially because copyright law and trademark law are handled much differently in China, devoted to making things that are extremely like other things uh, and doing them at such speed and, and in such quantity that you can pivot week to week and day to day what you're making in your manufacturing line to keep your profits up by catching the next trend. So one week that might mean making the best iPhone success case, and one week that might mean riding or you making a rideable hoverboard scooter. And so you know there are a couple companies that started making these uh, two wheeled scooters, these hoverboards. Uh, in the last couple of years, there is a company called Inventist that made the hover tracks, which is one of the more popular ones. But these original companies are all locked in legal battles trying to say that like they patented the general idea of this thing. And all while they're doing this, these company, all these factories in Shenzhen, there are hundreds of them, saw the trend and are all hopping on and trying to make it so that they can export these to resellers around the world. Um, so you look at the United States, all the people that have been buying them here, are pretty much all buying them from the same place. Uh, they're just repurposed a bit. You know, there are companies here that'll plate them in different colors or maybe tweak some of the technology. But the the skeleton of this thing, the basic working version of this thing, is coming from the same, you know, originally dozens, now literally in the hundreds. I mean, uh, BuzzFeed just did a report on this whole thing where they were in these factories looking at how there were still pieces of whatever they were making a couple months ago lying around these factory floors. Uh, and so they're, they're just like producing them, producing them, producing them. And people over here are just reselling them because it's just, it's an easier way to make money. You just, you might, 
go and try to get involved in this messy legal battle that's happening in the, behind the scenes when you can just buy these ones that are quite literally being handed to you uh, and resell them with your own brand on them. And because the market is so confused because it's such a new thing and people don't, there is no sort of industry leader. There's no real bar for quality. There's no real bar for safety. Uh, well, let's, let's go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen a few stories of like, they like catch on fire or something. Is that a, a legit problem for hoverboards? Or is that something that, you know, is limited to this one specific uh, cruddy company? You know, it's hard. To, it's been hard to say how big a problem it is. Um, that's a any safety recall issue uh, for any kind of toy or even product. It's often hard to really gauge that. Uh, but it's become increasingly clear over the last couple of weeks that this is a big enough problem that it needs to be addressed. And the way it's being immediately addressed is stores that had been promising to sell them for the, in time for the holiday season uh, are backing out of those promises, trying to get out of orders that they've placed to sell them. And then also in places like, at least here in this country, and then also in places or uh, with services like airlines, there's worry. All the worry comes from these things use lithium-ion batteries, and in making them and trying to make them as cheaply as possible, battery tech, while it has come far, is still a place where you can cut corner on some cost. And so, some of the companies that are making them are using batteries that are less, are either too powerful for what they're doing, or just not rated with the same. Uh, safety rating and they lithium ion batteries have a tendency to catch fire under certain circumstances and that's why even before these things became popular there was uh there's been shifting regulation on what you can do with lithium ion batteries on airplanes you, for a while now you haven't been able to on US airlines you haven't been able to check them uh you have to carry them on and you can only carry on a certain amount per person uh and so it's hard to tell how big this problem has become, but the problem seems to be more than anything else that people who are buying them from certain retailers, and it's again, it's hard to peg down which ones, are buying versions that have batteries that, especially when they're plugged in and charging, aren't ready to guard against the heat that that builds up, and some of them have burst into flames. Okay, final question, a more hopeful question. I hope. It could be a total bummer. Uh for those of us who are we're just holding out, we're waiting for that real hoverboard, that legit hover experience. <laughs> is is there an option that isn't even close to that? Slash, will there ever be an option that is even close to that? So I'll I'll subvert your question real quick, and we'll okay. And I'll I'll wrap these hoverboards up because for the near future, this is all you're gonna have. Uh, and it, what, what's going to be interesting is there is this battle with retailers that don't know what to do with them. There is this battle with airlines that don't know what to do with them. Razor has the, the company famous for the scooter. That was another sort of fad about 10 years ago, which was a much lower cost fad. I might add Razor has finally entered the mix and has bought into one of the original companies that's made one of these hoverboards and is now going to be selling like their branded version of it. And that could help stabilize this a bit 
which would mean it would stick around a little bit longer. But I'm also not so sure how much farther it lasts past the holiday season. And it's really, it's so hard to see where it's going to go because if that manufacturing chain dries up in China because those factories find something else that is, that is more profitable and easier to make, it, it totally changes this entire market. But for those of us that are still holding out for a real hoverboard, yes, I do think there will be them because there there has been one. It's going to come with certain circumstances, though. So we actually have two examples of what you would consider a legitimate hoverboard that really happened in, within the last year, year and a half. One was that Lexus hoverboard, which is what we started with. Um, the caveat there is that to make that work, they needed a ton of money and a ton of concentrated effort. The way it worked was basically they built an entire skate park that had that looked like a skate park, but underneath the what was actually wood and not cement were uh, magnetized rails. And inside that act- the hoverboard itself, they used they had superconducting material that they cooled to like an insane level, like some close to like negative two hundred degrees Celsius. It was absolutely insane. And they used liquid nitrogen to keep it cool as cool as possible. And that material, when you place it in the right way, in the right spot, at the right temperature above those magnetic rails that are under the wood, it sort of like locks into place or at the very least can rest on the magnetic field coming out of those magnets. Now, the reason I explain that is obviously that's very hard. It costs them a lot of money to do this. They tore down this skate park as soon as they were done filming the ad. But that is like proof of concept right there. If someone is willing to, once that technology comes down in cost a little bit, take that idea and really produce it not for an ad, but make it something that might be sustainable, a hoverboard isn't going to be something you can grab out of your backpack and go ride to work on. But there might be parks devoted to it or experiences. It's probably going to start out almost like virtual reality has, where you have people who are willing to front a bunch of money to show you what is possible. Uh, and now the other hoverboard that exists is this company called Arx Packs, um, which make basically makes a bunch of really crazy magnets, um, is like the simplest way to put it. They're doing stuff in space. They're doing all this crazy stuff. But they made this thing called the Hendo hoverboard which is similar to the Lexus hoverboard in that it needs its own particular surface to hover. Um, It uses, in the barest sense, it it kind of works the same way as the Lexus hoverboard, although you're working on, you have to be over copper platforming, and you're not necessarily as tied to a rail of magnets. Now, the problem here is, you're definitely levitating over it, but you can't control as easily where you're going. Whereas at least on the Lexus one, you could build a rail and you could follow that track. The same thing is sort of happening. What I said could happen with the Lexus version is kind of happening with the Hendo one. So they did a Kickstarter where they were promising a smaller, more skateboard looking version of their hoverboard. And part of the deal was if you backed them at the highest level, $10,000, uh, they would give you a skateboard and or a hoverboard and then um, plans for like quarter pipes made out of this copper material. And what they told me is that they actually, some of the people that actually bought that, it wasn't just people who were like, I want a hoverboard, give me one for $10,000. It was uh, people who run businesses in places like Australia and New Zealand who are always hellbent on um, crazy experiences who might want to build this into like a thing where you go pay 
25 bucks and you get to ride a hoverboard for a half an hour. And so those are two things that one uh, sort of more immediately than the other could and I think really will happen in the near future. Whether the hoverboard remains contained in those experiences or if it breaks out, like say, I don't know, people are talking about electrifying roads so that like electric cars could stay charged all the time. If you could build out a crazy infrastructure like that, I don't see why you couldn't have a hoverboard that you could ride down a copper sidewalk on your way to work. It's funny because this sounds like, in some fashion, the arc of the Segway. Like, here's a <laughs> thing that is way too expensive and mostly going to be used by brands, but is kind of neat. Uh, and people will pay, eventually, uh, a bit of money to do it on, like, tours uh, at special locations. <laughs> and eventually it becomes this thing that's just like a weird fad for Christmas. Uh, you, you can see that happening. I'm, I'm optimistic. I just gave you my optimistic take. What yeah. you just said made me realize that the the reality definitely is going to be I'll be visiting as a tourist Washington D.C. in like forty years, and I'll see people in helmets with fanny packs on a hoverboard tour, and that'll be will that'll be. be the only oh god I hope not that'll be the only way that hoverboards are used, and hopefully Look by in then the mirror Sean oh my god. <laughs> Well, I just went from optimistic to really, really depressed. <laughs> well, I think that's a great place to end the episode. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. We are here every week. Uh, you can find us on Tuesdays on TheVerge.com uh, and lots of other podcast uh, apps and experiences. I recommend you go to the iTunes store. Uh even if you don't like using it, and leave a review. It goes a long way to getting the show out to more people. But what I really recommend, the big dark secret of, uh, of this entire show, uh, share us with your uh, friends and family who, you know, maybe they're curious about tech. Maybe maybe there was a time where they were the first people on their on their block to have a modem. Uh, and now they, they just want to know more about, I guess, hoverboards from us. Uh, share the show with them. Uh, and that's it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Ba ba da ba da ba